this. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. Until I see it, hit the transactions, hit Twitter, hit whatever, I'm probably thinking he's on the team next year. I, I'd put it like a, I don't know, four, I think there's a chance. So like 40% chance that he could get, would be on the team, 60% chance he is on the team. I think greater than 50% chance he's on the team though. Yeah, I'm, I am definitely, I think on the 50%. Um, obviously you have guys like Paul Daner had a piece out today when it comes to the future of Joe Mixon and obviously kind of his thoughts on it. And I know how a lot of the fan base feels. For me, I feel so many different ways about this topic. And obviously it's very exhausting because we had it last year, but we're going to keep having it when it comes to production and in that running back position. There are a lot of ways to look at it. Joe Mixon did a solid to the team last year and took a pay cut. And, you know, they worked out there. This is what the contract's going to look like for these final two years. And and credit to Joe Mixon for doing that. Um, He is a huge leader, captain of the team. Obviously a huge locker room guy. And I truly do think the Bengals front office is very loyal um, to a lot of the players, maybe almost too loyal to, to some of the, the team members they keep in there. Not, not just Joe Mixon in general, but just they've been that way. Um, you know, they, they truly like to have these guys kind of live out their contracts. And, um, you know, rarely are they saying, oh, let's cut ties. We're going to take a hit in the, in the cap room, even though we're going to lose money because of this. All they, they usually hang on to these guys. And for Joe Mixon, I, I think you can look at it a lot of ways. I'm okay with Joe Mixon being on this team in 2024. I do think you need another running back in there. It can't be Joe Mixon and Chase Brown. They need three running backs by committee. I think that's going to help them have production. I also hear the argument of Zach Taylor doesn't want to run the ball or they can't run the ball. Yeah, whatever. I don't care about that argument. I I, I, I can't stand it. It makes me want to pull my hair out. Um, if you have production, if you are explosive, Zach Taylor will run the ball. Joe Burrow, their own quarterback, who is in charge of throwing the ball, said in the last press conference of the season, we need to get more explosive in the run game. He mentioned that. I, th- I think that stuff is extremely important. I, I think it's all true. And then I also think, why is like a pretty large section of the fan base so obsessed with running the ball when you have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? It's like, what are we doing? Like, we want to give the ball and not give those guys a chance right. and make it a play more often than not. Like, I, I know run past conflict. Like, I understand all of this. <clears throat> I think that goes out the window a little bit when you have a superstar quarterback, a superstar wide receiver, a star second wide receiver, and you're probably adding another pass game weapon in the draft yeah. to replace Boyd or to get a tight end. It's like, come on guys. Like, <laughs> I understand like um, they're passing the ball too much, like maybe a little, but they're not going to become I, sometimes whenever I post those things, like we should be 50, 50, perfectly balanced. That's a top three rush volume. Why do you even have a quarterback that's highly paid in the modern NFL with that? Like if no. you're going to run the ball 50% of the time, Build your team that way. They don't build their team that way. They they need to be able to run the ball. You need to be able to run the ball more effectively to take mm-hmm. advantage of the way defenses play against them. But I don't think that they – I don't understand the whole, like, they should pound the rock and everything else with this team. It's like maybe a little more. Maybe they can get under mm-hmm. center a little more. But I think they're always going to be a pretty pass-happy team when you're playing in the NFL with stars on the pass offense. I think all that's extremely important, but they have to get better in their run game. Yeah. It isn't good yeah. enough. 
And I agree with you. When you have guys like Jamar Chase, they're going to have T. Higgins. They're going to franchise tag him. He's going to be here for one more year. They're going to get another weapon in the draft. Fun fact uh, from the Paul Daner podcast, he said that Duke Tobin, it's, it kind of feels like uh, there's a connection with leap years. He Every leap year in, on day two, he gets a wide receiver. It Just goes back. Four years, he's letting one go. Jerome Simpson, Muhammad right. Sanu, after Tyler, after Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. After Sanu left. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like a little bit of a, they keep doing it when these guys are leaving. I mean, does Duke Tobin have like a leap year calendar? And he's like, mm, it's time to get that wide receiver on day two. And, and honestly. It's time to let a receiver go the year before. It wouldn't make all the sense in the world if they get a day two receiver. So we'll see what yeah. that looks like. But it will be kind of funny if they do end up getting a wide receiver on, on day two and, and kind of what that looks like. Um, it has to, He has to keep the trend going. But no, I agree with you. You have a guy like a Joe Burrow. You want him to throw the ball. I say he's the second best quarterback in the NFL. I know a lot of people don't care about rankings, but he's he's a top quarterback. Um, you have Jamar Chase. You have you have your weapons. Throwing the ball is number one. But I just I, there are times when I look back on games. You could look back in the AFC Championship game against Kansas City the second time. You can look at it in some of these games where you know we're we're starting to see where a, a wide receiver goes down. Tyler Boyd goes down in the AFC Championship game. If you had a run game going in that game probably could have been a little bit of a difference on one of the drives. I mean, goodness. You were, you were down three offensive linemen. Yeah, I know. But but still at the same time, <laughs> like having a little bit of a running game in some of these games. I agree. I just, yeah. Uh, I know. That, that game is back or whatever else. It's, it's like, still unbelievable. They were never running the ball. Chris Jones and those guys with Adenogy <laughs> and Sharp. But still, I mean, there are opportunities that they have to get better when it comes to running the ball. When right. when they take it away, when they're doubling up and you have a good secondary, you're facing a good secondary, what are you going to do when you can't run the ball? Right. Uh, so you know? I want to look it up real quick. I think everybody here is Joe Mixon's sixth highest cap hit, 8.85, so almost $9 million cap hit this season. The only guys ahead of him are Alvin Kamara at number one, which was a little surprising to me, and Aaron Jones at number two, who just restructured. So he also, giant cap hit, wasn't expecting. Nick mm -hmm. Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, and Jonathan Taylor. James Conner, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Naheem Hines in the top ten. That was shocking. But, like, that's that's it's kind of high for what he's doing. Like, is he the sixth best running back in the league right now? No. Is he a top ten running back in the league right now? Eileen, probably not anymore. I think he was a couple of years ago, but – to me, he's lost a little bit. Um, and some of these second round guys, like you look in, yeah, Brees Hall, second round guy, $2 million contract. And you look at James Cook, 1.5 million. Ken Walker, 2.3. It's like, yeah. oh. And then Raheem Mostert's like a $3 million cap hit. So, like, that's another one that's like, oh, come on. But even like the highly drafted guys, not, they make less than um, Mixon does, you know got Gibbs at 4 million and Bijan at 5 million. So it's tough to swallow the idea of, well, we're going to put $9 million of cap, know. our limited cap. We only have so much cap space. I know they have a lot of cap space that's going away once you tag T and extend chase, yeah. uh, at least a little bit, not yeah. all the way or anything. They can still make moves. And then you have to sign a right tackle. You have to sign a, a, an okay tight end. You have to sign a pair, I think, of defensive tackles. So when you factor all that in, it's like, well, there's not as much cap space to do the fun play around things as you'd like. Um, but yeah, 
that is a way to free up some cap space. Now, on the other hand, I think this team is loyal to Mixon. I think there's a reason that they keep him is not only the loyalty, but also Mixon took the pay cut, was fine with it, and then played the season. I think it would probably be a bad look for the organization if they then cut him the next year to save a little bit more money when he already took the pay cut, which not everybody cares about that. And mm-hmm. I don't I, I see the validity on both of these sides. This is mm-hmm. always a tough conversation, but it I understand. Is. I understand the restructure idea, the cut idea, and just the keep him idea and let him play out his last year. And I think we were also going to try to talk very quickly <laughs> about the Sam Hubbard idea. It's not happening though. So like, at the I, same do, time, I do, I do. I want to hit on this yeah. really, 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 really quickly because there's other things to get to, but kind of just to end that I, I, I do wish that would be the last thing that we would have to say about Joe Mixon's contract. But again, March 16th is going to be a big decision for them. That's when they have to pay him his bonus. Um, that's when you really know if the Cincinnati Bengals are going to just keep him on the roster. But again, I could see there's a situation where they cut him and they resign him. So We'll see. We'll see what that looks like at a lower number. Uh, kind of going over to Sam Hubbard because there's that conversation of the production was down. You could put Miles Murphy out there and save a whole lot of money on the Sam Hubbard yeah. side. Um, when you look at that, uh, we talk about how loyal this team is. None of this should matter, but I'm going to bring it up. Hometown guy, drafted him. You, you know, there was other production at times, but this year he was battling an injury most of the season, I guess. Um, but the hit is very high when you have somebody like Miles Murphy out there on the sideline, who I feel like will get more reps this year. What do you do about Sam Hubbard? And do you think the Cincinnati Bengals are having a similar conversation with him? I don't think they're actually having that conversation. <laughs> I think that... Um... I, th- I think that this is just a idea that can be floated around because it could make sense from a money perspective. But to me, I think that Sam Humber is just going to play on that contract. Now I am of the mind. I would probably try to restructure that deal. I, I think that would make sense. I think it saves you 5 million in cap and restructuring is not necessarily a pay cut. It just means you're converting whatever to whatever. I don't really fully understand it, but you usually do it when you know a guy's going to be on the team throughout that contract. So you could do that with Hubbard because he's probably going to be on the team mm-hmm. <laughs> even next season. So you push some of that money around and do magic with it. I don't think there's a chance they cut him or trade him. I just think they're very loyal to these players. My main issue with the whole Hubbard contract and with uh, not him, but like, his role right now is I think Murphy right now is a better pass rusher. Like day one next year will most likely be still a better pass rusher and he's getting better. So you're kind of limiting his growth. I think his potential to get better, to get live game reps, to keep Hubbard going. And it could have just been injury. I thought Hubbard kind of started showing some age showing he was not the dominant run defender that he once was last season. He was not a very good pass rusher. It was always to me noticeable when Murphy would come in for Hubbard on pass rushes and he was much better at least more explosive. He would beat in like high end tackles. He would beat mid tier tackles. It just Hubbard had moments where he was good, but I, I feel like I, they are limiting the, growth potential of Murphy and not giving Murphy his opportunity to just, you know, not just see those reps, but also just accumulate, you know, 
get some more sacks, get, you know, make, do more, have more production. I think it's possible Hubbard's still the better run defender, but I just wonder about like, what is the gap there? And is it worth still playing Hubbard all of these snaps over Murphy? Murphy's your future. You drafted him in the first round. Like Mm -hmm. he's probably, he should be more in your future plans than Hubbard is just because of the age difference there and the draft capital spent. So let's get him on the field. And if the only way to do that is to reduce the contract, because you'll be thinking like Hubbard makes all this money. We can't take him off the field. We got to keep him out. Like, well then lower that, lower that number (laughs) and feel better about it. But I don't think you have to, I feel like you could just play Hubbard less and play Murphy more. 